0: Good morning, it is Monday, it's a new week, it is the 29th of January, in the year of our Lord, 2024.
1: I'm John David Walt, and this is your Wake Up Call. Let's begin this week with consecration. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. Jesus, I fix my eyes on you and I offer my body to you
0: as a living sacrifice. Yes, Jesus, we belong to you and we're praying in the name of the
1: Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled On Fasting feasting and the fellowship of
0: the holy spirit our text is second peter 1 verses 3 and 4 hear now the word of the lord his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness Through these things, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the
1: corruption in the world caused by evil desires. The word of the Lord. Now consider this.
0: Let's remember yet again our working definition of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is the lifelong process of becoming a peculiar kind of person, i.e. a righteous person, who learns to exercise a particular kind of power, i.e. the supernatural love of God.
1: For the good of the world and the glory of God. I like the way Peter describes such a life
0: as, quote, participating in the divine nature. The English Standard Version of the Bible translates it as, quote, being partakers of the divine nature. The Greek term behind the translation is, Koinonos. You may recognize the connection to koinonia. It means fellowship. It is a word the New Testament uses to describe the presence and effect of the Holy Spirit in a human community. Fasting is one of the primary means of living and moving and having our being in this fellowship. Remember again Jesus' word about how his way of fasting differed from the Pharisees and the disciples of John. Luke 5, Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. Fasting is about feasting on friendship with Jesus through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And all this leads to, and all that this leads to, as his agent in the world. Remember again Jesus' word about his food. From John 4. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. A few years back, I found myself at Jacob's well with Jesus and his disciples. Upon hearing these words again, I said to him, Jesus, I don't know about this food either. I want to know about this food. I want to go to the place where my food is to do the will of God. I want to come to this place of appetite displacement, where my experience of doing the will of God displaces my hunger for food. I want to learn to do the will of God in the way of God such that it actually nourishes my physical body. Sure, I enjoy food, but I don't revolve my life around food like I did before. I used to think fasting was about changing my relationship with food. I am learning that fasting, in what I believe is the way of Jesus and the friends of the bridegroom, is about changing my relationship with hunger. I am finding hunger is changing my relationship with God. Fasting in this way means carrying hunger in love for Jesus and those he loves. It means befriending hunger. I have primarily understood hunger as a problem to be solved, as a craving to be satiated. I'm coming to understand hunger as the gifted path to a deeper presence of Jesus, as the activation of the new wineskin, the awakening of the temple of the human body, the primary sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, who is the new wine of the kingdom. Here's what else I'm learning. Our human bodies were not made to be sated with food. They were meant to be sustained by food. Because of my anemic practice of fasting, I had a wrong understanding of feasting. Feasting is a biblical dimension of Sabbath keeping. It is one day a week in which we can live to eat. Fasting is the way of life for the other six days where we eat to live. Because my prior practice of fasting was underdeveloped, my practice of feasting was an expression of overindulgence. An almost constant focus during the six days was, what or where am I going to eat next? Any notion of a feast just became about eating more than usual. The human body and particularly what the Bible calls our inmost being, is a finely-tuned instrument designed to commune with and carry the very presence of God, to bear witness to the holy love of God, which becomes manifest through demonstrations of His power in the manifold expressions of his inbreaking kingdom, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This prayer, when uttered in the context of a fasted lifestyle, ever increasingly opens the way to the supernatural life of a human being who is fully
1: participating in the divine nature. Let's pray today our prayer of transformation. Lord Jesus, teach us to pray
0: and fast and so fellowship with you as participants and partakers of your very nature which is righteousness itself. To that end, I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your
1: peace And release my anxiety. I receive your joy. And release my despair. I receive your healing. And release my sickness. I receive your love. And release my selfishness. Come Holy Spirit.
0: Transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives
1: become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. The question What do you make of this notion? of being a participant or partaker in the very nature of God. Are
0: you seeing the fasting connection here? Are you grasping
1: how hunger can increase attunement to the presence of God? And for our hymn today, we're going to sing a classic
0: Fairest Lord Jesus, it's number 113 in our seedbed hymnal, our great Redeemer's praise. Number 113, 113, Fairest Lord Jesus, we're going to sing all four verses. This hymn comes from 1677, the 17th century. Been sung a long time by a lot of people in a lot of places.
2: Fairest Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature, O thou of God and man, the Son, Thee will I cherish. Thee will I honor, thou my soul's glory, joy, and crown. Fair are the meadows, fairer still the woodlands, robed in the blooming garb of spring. Jesus is fairer, Jesus is purer, who makes the woeful heart to sing. Fair sunshine, fairer still the moonlight, and all the twinkling starry host. Jesus shines brighter, Jesus shines purer. THAN ALL THE ANGELS HEAVEN CAN BOAST. BEAUTIFUL SAVIOR, LORD OF ALL THE NATIONS, Son of God and Son of Man. Glory and honor, praise, adoration, now and forevermore be. Amen.
0: That, my friends, is a winner. A winner of a hymn.
1: Fairest Lord Jesus. That's who this is all about and for
0: and from and through and to. Fairest Lord Jesus. You know, we begin our day consecrating our lives unto him and we walk a pathway of transformation where we receive His nature and we release our
1: broken human nature. we got to receive it first. And then, of course, as we're doing that, He is moving
0: in and through us in this world. He's demonstrating his character, his love, his nature, his power. This is what it means, getting back to our text today, to be a participant, a partaker of the divine nature. This is what it means. This is the lifelong process of becoming a peculiar kind of person, a righteous person who's able to progressively and increasingly, instinctively demonstrate, exercise a particular kind of
1: power, which is the love of God for the good of the world and the glory of God. I'm convinced, you know,
0: I've gotten prayer and fasting a little bit off kilter for most of my life. Maybe I'm getting closer, understanding what it's really about. You know, I think I used to think it was just about getting God to do things,
1: just in the ether, in the the air, sovereignly, because I asked. Then I think I went through a period of of thinking that it was really about God changing me so that I could then go do something. But now I think I'm beginning to understand it's, it's this abiding
0: way of partaking of, of participating in the divine nature such that. There is a kind of co-presencing of Jesus by the Holy Spirit in me,
1: through me, through you, through us together, to do it in concert, to do it in union in the world.
0: That's the way, I think. Well, guys, we got to wrap up this morning. I mean, we're going to be wrapping up the whole series this week. Pray for me as I try to do that. (laughs) This has been a challenge. So um, it's Monday. Let's just let ourselves have a slow, gentle start. Get your seats. I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt.
2: We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.